<laughs> I'm so excited. Me too. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Well Soon podcast. I'm your host, Aiden Baker, and uh, I'm feeling really good today. Happy Thursday. Um, I've had two glasses of wine, excellent wine, which if you shop at Trader Joe's, there's this $5 wine. It's actually cheaper than five bucks now. I don't know why they're running like a deal on it or something, but it's called um, Motif. It's like a Cabernet Sauvignon. I've definitely pronounced that wrong, but um, it's good. It's very good. And I, I feel great. I had two glasses of that and I feel like a new person. I feel renewed. I feel just back to my normal self. It's been a stressful week. I don't know why, but it's been a very stressful week. Um, but you're not here to hear me talk about wine. We're here to talk about exciting, important, and impactful things. And I have a super exciting, important, and impactful friend, best friend, on the podcast with me today. I'm super excited um, to have her here. Raina Wilson is on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's clap. Let's clap. <laughs> I got to give them some extra applause. <laughs> Raina, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I feel like I'm in a place right now where things are looking up for me, um, mm -hmm. which I'm trying to stay positive about because I'm like, sometimes when things are going really well and then something just hits you and then it's all downhill again. But I think that, you know, they're going to keep going well for me now. Good. So that's I how I love I'm that feeling. for you. I love that for you. So how was, how was your week this week? How are you? How are you feeling? You said you're on the up and up. So what what was going on this week? Um, this week, so basically I it's my last week at the job that I'm working at now. Have no animosities towards it or anything. It's just I'm a receptionist at um a doctor's office and that's not what I want to be doing. <laughs> like I'm not in the medical field at all. I probably took one science class in college. <laughs> um so I'm finally getting a job that is more geared towards my interests. So I start that on Monday. Um, I feel like that's gotten me the most excited. And um, it's been a decent last week at work. It's been nice to wind down from having so many responsibilities. And today at work, actually, um, one of the reps brought in lunch for us. And they let me pick it since it was... Um, one of my last days. So that was very nice. Period. Oh, look at you go. I, I'm not gonna lie. I was so excited when I, well, I was nervous when you told me to call you at work. I was like, oh gosh, I was like, are you okay? Like it's so wrong. And, um, I think what was that last week or two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And I called you and you were like, oh my God, I got a job. I got a new job. I was so excited for you. I'm like so happy for you because I know like this is really like in line with what you want to do and where you want to go. And you're like so deserving of it. And I'm so excited for you. You go, go kill it. You. Yeah, I've just like, it's been such a long time coming from actually getting a, a decent job after college. And I'm just glad to finally have something where I could just take a breath and not feel as much pressure on myself about that. Yes, I, I love that for you. That's so exciting. That's great. I'm glad you had a good week. My week's been like not stressful, but I just feel like there's been so like I've slept really hard this week, right? Like for no reason at all. I've slept really hard, but like not the kind of sleep where like you wake up feeling refreshed. 
mm-hmm. because it's like the kind of sleep where like I'm out and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I needed another like three hours of that to, yeah. to fully feel like myself. I've just been like tired this week. This has been, I feel like, I don't know how it's like you're in Texas. I'm in Indiana for those of you listening that didn't know. Um, well, me and Adrian went to high school together. Yes. Oh, wait, that's that- such an important. Let me back up because that's such an important like <laughs> yeah, detail. We got to No, literally. <laughs> so Raina is my best friend from high school, period, point blank. Like that's the T. We really kind of like kicked our friendship, I think, into high gear, like sophomore and junior year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we just haven't looked back. You've been like my sister for real. Like, you know, been through some thick and thin some 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 super thick and super thin times but oh, like yeah. oh my gosh oh it, it's just been a it's been a good ride like i don't feel like i've never had any issues with aiden just because he's just such a great person it's mutual though like it's really mutual you've had my back since like day one like legitimately day one like since we really clicked as friends you've always had my back and so i i i feel forever like grateful and like i don't like i don't have to worry about how does Raina feel about me what like how how are me and Raina doing like we're always good yeah like, i always feel like that. i could always like trust you and i appreciate that and like like i said we've been through like so much together like some very high highs and some super low lows and Sometimes we've both been wrong and sometimes we've both been wronged by people. And it's like, we just, it's been very comforting to like have you there through all that. And you know, I appreciate you and I love you for that. Um, We always going to be good. You do not have to worry about that girl. We are going to be That's what I'm saying. If, you know, if, if rain is rocking with Aiden, then the world's all right. Period. (laughs) Amen. Um, but to tonight's topic, which actually I think is really interesting, because like I said, as close of friends we are, we have so much in common. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that when I came to you and talked about like doing a podcast episode, like I had these ideas in my head, but we, like the topic you kind of presented to me was really interesting. And like, it's obviously going to kind of expand into other topics as we talk. But um, I had like in my head, all these things I wanted to discuss. And you were like, oh my gosh, let's talk about grandmas and grandmothers. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I like that. Because like, I do think you and I are two people who have had like very, very um, close relationships with our grandmothers and very like unique relationships with our grandmas. And um, it's kind of special because like, this is honestly one of the first times we really like sat down and talked about it and talked about what those relationships mean to us. And I'm like excited to kind of dive into that because I feel like there's a lot, you know, about you and I think about me that we pull from the time we've gotten to spend with our grandparents, our grandmother specifically. Um, so I'll toss some of these questions over to you and then I'll just kind of pick up as we go along. But um, how, how would you, des- like, how would you describe your relationship, like, with your granny? Like, what was that like? And what were some of your favorite, like, memories, you know, growing up and spending time with her? Oh, man. Um, I think me and I, 
Okay, so basically, my gram I, I have my grandma and my granny, two totally different people. My grandma's on my mom's side. She's very much the loving, um, caring, will spoil you grandma. You know, grandchildren can never do anything wrong type of grandma, right? Um, she loves all her grandkids so, so much. And then my granny, not to say she's not loving and caring. She definitely is, just in a very different way. She's a lot more of, like, the teacher and... You know, obviously her grandkids can do things wrong because children do wrong things all the time. And um, I feel like she was more of the one to help me develop in a way that was different from my other grandmother. Because I received love from both of them, of course. My granny, I feel like, had a big impact on me because she was so involved in my life um just mostly because of my dad she'd come over every weekend to have dinner and always bring things and she was so hilarious so I feel like maybe some of my favorite memories with her um one of my favorite memories was her house so she had a bunch of stray cats in the backyard that she discovered one year. Well, there were only a couple at first, and then they kept having babies. So (laughs) (laughs) she just had all these little cats, and um, she'd always invite us over every time they would have kittens, and we'd get to look at the kittens. And every time I was over, I remember she would have me get, you know, the old leftovers out and set them out for the cats. And my dad's allergic to cats, and I I love cats. So we were never able to have them in the house. So I just enjoyed that. Um, But among other things, man, there's just so much like, you know, just the repetitive Sunday dinners were just always fun. She is always so hilarious. She's very, she's very blunt. So she's a Sagittarius, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Probably why I'm so close with Aiden too. (laughs) But she is a November Sagittarius. She is very straightforward with people. Um, and that can make for a very entertaining time when you're with her. Because <laughs> she's, she's never one to shy away from gossip. So anytime you'd see her, she'd tell me what 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 Charlene was doing and what she heard from Peaches. And oh my gosh, it's just so funny. Um, and then one more thing. I just thought about this. One of my um, my most recent memories from her is when she started, she got a phone because she had to upgrade her phone. It wasn't working anymore. She got like a Android and she wanted to start learning how to text and we talk about Facebook a lot. So she wanted to get on Facebook and... <laughs> So once she learned, it was just so cute to see her little posts. Like, she'd always comment on everybody's posts. And then um, in the meantime, for a little bit, she had lived with us in, you know, some of her final years. And she'd just sit there at the kitchen table and scroll through the videos on Facebook and (laughs) watch, like, the, um, you know, like the Judge Judy and Maternity Court and things like that on there. (laughs) And she'd be like, come here, look at this. And, and I don't know. That was just funny to me because she was never very into technology. And then that just happened. 
randomly and she caught on and was having a good time with it. So That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So similar, I had kind of two different relationships with my grandmas. Um, so Grandma Baker is my dad's mom and then my gam or my gammy gam was my mom's mom and um i would definitely say like my gammy gam like similar to you like i felt like she was there and helped raise me through a lot of my life because there's a point where my mom and my dad were both working um either out of the house or or um were working long hours so gam would come and get me from school on Fridays and I would spend like the weekend with her and like have sleepovers and uh we watch movies she would but she would cook everything we never like ate out unless it was pizza from Puccini's we'd always like that was the one place we would order food from anything else she cooked it and um I just spent so much of my like formative years kind of like with her um and she was just always there like she was it was so funny. I think like in college, I remember her, like I would call her on the phone and um, she was like, you know, if, if you need anything, you, you can ask me like for anything. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm good. She was like, no, like what happened to the, the Aiden who was five that would always ask me for snacks, always ask me for food, always ask me for, can we do this? Can we do that? Can I have this? And she's like, you don't ask for that anymore. I used to love to, you know, give you stuff it'd be there for you and she that's just like the kind of woman she was like she would always like as a grandmother like always take care of me and mm -hmm. always like do little things for me i think every holiday ever she sent me a card every birthday ever which her birthday was the day before mine so we would kind of have a joint celebration like a little joint sleigh for a few years it was both of us and um so that so like it was just I always knew like okay the day before my birthday is Gam's birthday so I gotta call Gam and we would talk forever and she she was just always even after and through like my mom's passing she was like always very close always kept you know in touch with me and talked with me um and she just it just never failed to to be there and check in and like like effortlessly like it was you know we i never had to ask um and so i i was just i'm always like appreciative of that when i think about her um and my grandma grandma baker on my dad's side like we have a um a great relationship too there would be points where um like i would have family that would go out of town or my parents would go out of town for like a trip or something and she would babysit or she would stay with me and this is actually this is my one of my like favorite stories ever so my grandma baker it was one of the um I think my mom and dad's like anniversary one year and they went on a trip together. And so, you know, grandma Baker was, she was, you know, staying and, and watching me and we were going out for dinner one night to Oh Charlie's. I'd never been to Oh Charlie's up to this point, but this was like her spot. She was like, I love Oh Charlie's. Blah, blah. And I was like, I okay. Like all grandmas love Oh Charlie's. They do. It's like a universal, like <sighs> it's, a, it's a universal grandma restaurant, but mm -hmm. I, I fully understand because you it's a one-stop shop and it's it's just like nothing goes wrong at O'Charlie's like I'm not jinxing that or anything that's just based off of my experiences I've been great there every time I've gone there it's been a it's, blast it's great it's delicious right it's perfect so 
I'm 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 all of like I don't know maybe twelve years old, probably younger. I think younger, maybe like eleven. And um, we pull up to O'Charlie's, and my grandma parks in a handicap spot, and I'm like, we don't have a sticker. I'm like, grandma, you can't. I don't think you can park here. And she's like, open up my glove box. And she pulls out a. <laughs> Mind you, she is fine. She is fully able-bodied, fine. She pulls out a handicap sticker from when she was like hurt at one point. And she said, just just put that up there. We'll be fine. So the, we had front row parking and we walked in there and I think I had like the best meal of my life that night. I tell everybody about that all the time. I don't think I've had a better meal. I had like a steak. I had vegetables, mashed potatoes. I had this, I had pumpkin pie for the first time, like for dessert. Cause by the time we went, it was, um, I think sometime in the fall. So their pumpkin pie was seasonal. And I had my oh. first slice of pumpkin pie from Oh Charlie's. Oh, <laughs> it was great. It was great. But to this day, I was too naive to think about it at that age. But I think about how smooth of a move it was. To pull out <laughs> the handicap. Exactly. To pull out the handicap sticker and be like, bam, we're good. <laughs> we're parking front row. Oh, yes. it was hilarious. It was cracking me up, but it was, it was great. I just think I've just had so many countless, like, you know, great memories of, and great things with both of my grandmothers. Um, but I want to ask you, what's something that you've learned from your granny or your grandma that, that has stuck with you and that has like carried, you know, you through life? Okay. So I definitely just generally had learned a lot of cooking from her. I I would cook with her all the time. Same thing with me. Anytime I would go over to my granny's house, we would cook. There were maybe a couple times we went out. I this is sidetracked. I'm sorry. But one time we I was talking about Golden Corral cuz my parents never wanted to go to Golden Corral anymore after I, you know, was past the age of 12. You know, when, when kids eat for whatever, $2 or something like that. <laughs> so they were just like, Brenna, Golden Corral is nasty. Like, that is, it is not a good, it's it's not good food. I'm like, I remember that used to bust. Like, I love Golden Corral when I was a kid. So my granny was like, come on, Brenna, I'll go to Golden Corral with you. Because she gets the senior discount, right? So we went... <laughs> there and I think I was in high school at this point Aiden that food was so nasty (laughs) (laughs) I never realized how much it genuinely tasted like it was sitting in the buffet for so long but like it was just me and her at the golden corral and (laughs) she took me that was the last time I had ever went to golden corral but you know it was just on the occasion Every once in a while, we would go get, you know, $5 fill up or whatever was the cheapest, but I would always cook with her. And she just taught me so much about the basics of cooking when I was growing up. Um, But I feel like the most important thing that stuck with me that she would always say, she had so many different quotes. And the biggest one that I always remember is, and I'm sure this is a quote that other people have heard or that other people said, like, I know that she's not the first person to say this or anything, but she, whenever I would tell her a story or something that's going on, she would always be like, if somebody shows you who they are, believe them. 
Mm. And that is so true because I, you know, went through a lot of rocky friendships um, towards the end of college, especially. And I feel like a lot of it could be contributed to how much everybody had changed during the pandemic when we didn't see each other. Um, And, you know, you just grow out of certain relationships, but I really was remembering that quote a lot at that point in my life because there were so many people in my life that I thought were my friends or that I thought were there for me and just had a real nasty attitude about certain situations. And I should, it was one of those, you know, I should have listened to my first instinct. Not to say people can't change, but you really have to realize like, nine times out of ten that you should have believed them the first time you know you keep giving people second and third and fourth and fifth chances then and you keep getting screwed over over the same mistake it's like you know it just goes back to that I feel like that has been a very big influence in you know me growing up and realizing um you know who in my life is really there for me as a genuine friend and really cares about me, um, trying to find the signs, uh, to see that. I feel like that quote has stuck with me so much in my, you know, adult development. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's great. That's like, obviously that's like invaluable stuff. I mean, that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a quote that, um, some of us, don't hear until it's too late you know what i'm saying so it's Mm -hmm. very like i think you're fortunate that your granny was able to like give you that and give you that gem and like you've been able to live with it and sit with it very early on in your life and like see it kind of play out and manifest itself which is great so i love that basically basically it's saying okay if somebody shows you they red flags don't ignore them like in very very modern terms like if you see these red flags popping up you better pay attention okay a stop sign is red says stop for a reason (laughs) the stoplight you got to stop at the stoplight for a reason okay if you're seeing these red flags pop up you need to take a pause evaluate the situation and then go when the light turns green okay okay (laughs) (laughs) that's tea no you're right you're right I think um for me my whether she knew it or not my gam always I think gave me the confidence to do whatever I wanted to do and pursue whatever I wanted to pursue and like achieve whatever I wanted to achieve like no matter how outlandish it was she always believed in me being able to be successful at whatever it is. And like to elaborate on that, like my grandma bought me a banjo. Oh, that's cute. Did you oh, wait? Okay. I'm, I'm which which is, which is funny because like uh, you, I mean, you're laughing because I don't play the, I can't play the banjo. I don't play the banjo. <laughs> I was, I've never heard or seen you play the banjo. No, it's, it's there's nothing to see. I can't play the banjo. I where that came from was I um I was with my dad. I think we were in like a music store and I ended up leaving with an electric guitar because I wanted to learn how to play guitar. I don't know how that came about, but I left with a guitar. And Gam got whiff of, you know, she she got wind of of me having this guitar and was like, "Well, 
of course, I'm going to buy my grandson a banjo so he can be great at all the string instruments. And it's like, have I, you know, knocked the dust off of either of those things? Absolutely not. But it's the fact that without hesitation, she was like, I'm going to buy this boy a banjo. And not just to not just to buy me one, but it was like, okay, once he masters quote, I say that in air quotes, once he, you know, gets good at guitar, he should play the banjo. He should pursue these things. Like if he loves it and he really wants to try working at these things, he should do it. She would let me play around on her piano in her in her house. Every time I went over there, she had a book of sheet music that my mom and my aunt Jenny, when they were little, they would learn to play songs. She would let me open it up and try to, you know, clack away and learn sheet music and play songs. When I was in choir in uh, middle school, like we had to read music, obviously. So she was like giving me that as another outlet to practice. And like, it was just like, you know, without a doubt, unequivocally, she was rooting for me always. And like, believed in me and it's like what i took from that was like it only takes one person to like believe in you and push you and be your like champion or cheerleader for you to go and be successful at something and she was always trying to be that person for me and i think that's made me really confident to literally like try to go for whatever it is that i want to do in life goal wise like i always had gam in my corner and like even though she's like not with me anymore i still feel that confidence and that like belief and assurance and it was just really great to have that and i feel like that's that's what i think i've taken from her from like a legacy you know point um she's just like i don't know she was just like my biggest fan like unapologetically without question like blindly almost she was just like yeah he he knows the guitar i'm buying my banjo like it was just hilarious she bought me dvds on how to play the banjo too i never tuned that thing i never learned how to play it but she she thought, you know, I'm going to be the next, I don't know, Bob Dylan or something. <laughs> the <laughs> next just, Jimi Hendrix. The, exactly. Right. Yep. So funny. Uh, That's so funny. That's cute, though. I feel like I really like that because it's something that she taught you indirectly. You know, it's like the way that she impacted you just by her being who she is. You know, and not just like sitting down like, okay, here's your lesson for the day. Yeah. I think that's cute. Of course. No, without a doubt. And I think um, one of the things I've thought about and like, maybe you have too, but from the interactions I've had with my grandmas, I I, I think about being a grandpa one day and wanting to be the, the grandpa that randomly goes out and buys his, you know, grandchild a banjo <laughs> because I'm like, well, he wants to learn music. I'll buy him something. But like, of course, obviously a step before that is like parenting. And I feel like that's another thing that I want to talk to you about. Cause I feel like we, you know, we play around with like where we want to be as parents. And like, I know we've talked about like long-term in our lives, we want to live like Kardashian style, like oh, you yeah. and me with whoever we're with or if we're by whatever the neighbors, you know, are, we're going to be neighbors with, you know, multi-million dollar houses that are connected by the backyard, like very much Kardashian style. Like I, I really want to do that up. Um, and it's funny because like we haven't really had this conversation, but again, another great forum to like really start diving into this. But like, I know I want to be a parent one day. 
I think it's interesting because the, for me being in a relationship with another guy, it's like, it's not like, okay, we plan to get pregnant and blah, blah. it's like, you know, it's like, do we adopt? Do we do a surrogate? Do we not get kids? Like, do we have enough rights in this country to go for something like that? Like, it's just, it's a, it's a, a whole thing, but it, I do know that I want to be a dad and eventually a granddad someday, you know, that's just like what I want to do. Um, but I'm interested to hear like for you, like, like, do you want to be a parent? How many kids do you want? Like, what's your, what's your like dream ideal, like parenting setup for, mm -hmm. for, you know, down the line? I feel like, okay, for me, there are a lot of twins in my family. <laughs> this is starting off very random, but you're going to get my point in a second. There are so many twins in my family on my mom's side. Like, you know how they say that twins usually go every other generation? Well, my granddad, one of, you know, he has like, I think, seven siblings or something crazy. Um, or maybe he is the seventh. Either way. My granddad, his sisters um, are twins. And then my mom is also a twin. So they had two generations of twins in a row skipped my generation and now i'm like well if it's every other generation there's very very high likeliness that it's gonna be you know me or my brothers or one of my cousin's children that has the twins especially since there's such a high rate on my mom's side so i've always said if i have twins then i want to have three kids if i don't have twins then i want to have two kids and i feel like that might not make sense because what if I have one kid and then I have the twins second? Right, like, right. I would still have three kids, but I'd be like, dang, I kind of wanted just two kids. Like, I really do just want two kids Um, because <laughs> this is silly, but I think about like me and my brother growing up. That was so fun to go to amusement parks and things and have a partner on the, each of the rides. That was a oh, big yeah. that was a big factor in this decision. I don't know why. Like because I'm just imagining going to amusement parks and um having like an odd number. Mm -hmm. You gotta figure out who's gonna sit by themselves or you gotta tr switch out like who sits with, you know, the parent or whatever. Um so I feel like I want an even number and four definitely way too much. <laughs> Listen, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Four kids? Uh-uh. No, I can't. Nope. Like, my dad is one of five. I'm like, I don't know how they did that. Yeah, it was back in the olden days. I mean, but oh. Not the olden days. He's going to get on you for that. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, this is another very important life lesson that my granny taught me. Um, Coming back to the kids thing. And a big reason why I also want only two kids. So for my brother had graduated during um, COVID, he graduated college 2020. So for him, we went around, drove to all of our family members' houses that lived in Indy and recorded like a little bit of them saying, um, you know, congratulations or giving him advice. So when we stopped at my granny's house, this part was actually cut out of the video because we didn't want to offend her siblings. My granny has she had i'm i'm trying to remember the number because some of them had passed before i was born 
Mm-hmm. But I think she had four. It, it was four of them. So basically she had always talked about how, you know, her parents had so many kids that she, they weren't able to send them all to college. So they didn't go to college. And she, you know, wished that she could have gone to nursing school. And so in in the piece of advice she gave to my brother when he graduated, she goes, she goes, you know, I'm proud of you for being able to have these. I'm proud of you for being being able to graduate college because that was something I wasn't able to do because my parents had too many kids. So don't have no more than two kids, one for one arm and one for the other. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was the part that got me she said one for one arm and one for the other it was so funny so I keep remembering I remember that and like when I think about my future I'm like yeah two kids is plenty plenty enough um and I feel like I'm excited to obviously not now okay hello please please I that is not happening at the moment I rebuke it I rebuke it rebuke very (laughs) very very single right now (laughs) But when I have kids, I'm excited because I am excited to see little mini Reynas or, you know, whoever my future husband or whatever will be just running around. I feel like I would really be excited to have a daughter, like, because it's like a little version of Reyna in some way, you know? Yeah, I love that. And they will definitely have a trampoline and they will definitely have a really nice basement. That's what I know. Because I I I want to ask you this question because I asked my brother the other day, when you are, you know, like in the stage of parenting, what is one essential thing that your kids will have, no matter what, within like the household? Oh, like like a toy type of vibe. Yeah, or? like like I said, my answers were they they definitely will have a trampoline. Partially because I want to play on it too, still mm-hmm. as an adult. But they also will definitely have like a really nice basement, like with a full gaming system. Yeah. And like, you know, like your basement was very nice. Thank you. Yeah, that that <laughs> was a. I was I, that basement. Yeah, raised me for real. I was very lucky. I had all the games, all the things. Yeah, the ping pong table had the thing. That, yeah, 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 that was a vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so definitely. So like this is if if I'm in a place that's warm and we have enough like outdoorsy cat like a, a yard like a nice like slip and slide Ooh, i feel like that's very essential because i had some like like fun times like in the summertime roll out the hose and, like get the slip and slide I'm like that was fun like that was fun like yeah legit. and you gotta get the good slip and slide too because the ones that are just like the tarp Oh yeah, no. and you slide and you feel all the bumps from like the ground. No, li- literally, <laughs> those kind of hurt low key. Like you got to get the one that's kind of like puffed up a those little bit. Hurt bad. You know, you got to get one that's elevated and has like some some like inflatable railing mm-hmm. and has like a nice like actual like pool that you end up in. Because yeah, if you just like slip the... and slide and you slip off the the stop, yeah, that's not fun. It's like not fun you... at that point. Like the ones with the um, little water coming out the side. Yes, like yes. It's like a little tunnel almost with the water. Absolutely. You see the vision. Okay, so I need that. I need that for my kids because I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to abuse it too. I'm going to need that myself to slip and slide myself <laughs> at my big age. You have a selfish thing about it. Like I, exactly. I see the trampoline. I've always wanted a trampoline. So 
my kids are going to have a sharp leak because exactly. I had always wanted one. Oh, yeah. So they're going to have uh, – absolutely. They're going to have a slip and slide, if not a pool. I'd love to have a pool. That'd be great. But assuming I don't have a pool, slip and slide, and then um, if not like a basketball goal, then one of those like like multi- like those multi-sport like ESPN things where it's like um, – it looks like an arcade, like basketball hoop, but you can move the, you can move it to like, how do I want to say this? Like the, the little like catcher that catches like the basketballs after you shoot. I don't know what you would call that, like a bay or something. Like the you little can, basket. Exactly. Almost. You can like fold that up. And then like I had this growing up at an ESPN, like sports center. It was like a multi-sport thing. I could play basketball. I could play golf. There was so there was like a putting green at the bottom of it, which was cool. And then there was like a um, there was like different tar like circle targets. So I could throw like a football, or it could be baseball, depending on what like the little like background looked like, and you could change the background, something like that. Because that was fun. That was like that entertaining. Is so cool. It was entertaining because you could like you know do it all day. But, but you you would have like the futuristic kind that, you know, did the exactly thing it like switched on its own or something <laughs> like a robot or something like that. You like you press a little button and, and it switched yes. to the next port. <laughs> yes, yes, no, a hundred percent. So definitely something like that or a ping pong table. So to give to answer concisely, my three slip and slide, multi sport, like game set, and then a ping pong table. Just because yes. growing up, those were so vital for me. And I just mm-hmm. think, like, you know, they're all fun. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's funny because Tyler and I, we talk a lot about, like, what kind of – who would be the fun dad and who would be the whatever – who would be the the serious dad. Um, but in those conversations, we talk about, like, how many – it's always very, like, binary. It's, like – dad a dad b which i've come to think because that's how we operate we need we it has to be two kids because a third we wouldn't know what to do like <laughs> like i know it's like it's like oh one arm one arm like your grandma was saying like for us it's like one dad one dad because i feel like we could both like have one kid well i mean we'll love both and focus on both but like if it gets to the point where they faction and they niche to a favorite dad it won't be, I won't be worried because it's like, I got my kid, you know what I'm saying? Right. You, got, you got your kid over there too. They're our kids, but they're, you know, each each has their own. You know what I'm saying? It's like an unwritten mm-hmm. thing. So I feel like two would be manageable or one because growing up as an only child, I feel like I know how to raise an only child. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, but two, two is probably my max mm-hmm. for sure. And, yeah. and I, 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 I also thinking... I would love to adopt one and surrogate the other because I mm-hmm. I go back and forth in my head about adoption versus surrogacy like all the time. With surrogacy, I don't know if that's the word. Anyways, but having you know someone have my child is like part of me would love to have like my genuinely like my DNA and my bloodline like continued mm-hmm. um, and like see that and see my genes in a child. Like I feel like that would be very like kind of moving and just like a really like great like connecting sort of experience but also there's so much to be said for like changing a kid's life and adopting them out of 
foster care or the orphan system, whatever it may be. And like being that for a kid, like that is also very powerful to me. And like, I struggle with making, I'm very indecisive. So I'm like, let's do both. So like <laughs> in a perfect yeah. world, in a perfect world, that's what I would do is like, you know, b- both, but um, alas, it obviously doesn't work like that. But um, in, a, in a perfect world, I would have one child through both circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be great. But yeah, two kids is probably like my, my max. That's like my dream, like situation. Yeah. If I could do it that way. Right. Um, if we had a choice, mm-hmm. then right. it would be it would be two for me as well because more than two. See, that's perfect. And we could have a big like slip and slide in our joint backyard. Yes, with the with the trampoline mm-hmm. and and the pool because with our combined allowances, all exactly. four all four allowances. You know. Hey, yep. But you, me, and both our spouses. <laughs> <laughs> so we can put it on the pool. Yeah, because it's going to be a nice pool. Absolutely. Without a doubt. It's going to be a, like a good pool. Yeah. Not playing. Not playing. This like reminds me of something my parents would always say to me when I was growing up. When they, in moments where they were upset or they thought I was being ungrateful or something, they'd be like, you know, we didn't have this as a kid and we tried to give you more than our parents could give us. Or mm-hmm. they'll say things like, you know, my parents didn't do such and such. So I try and do that because they didn't or because they did or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like, for example, my my grandma, my great grandma is actually still alive on my um, mom's side. Um, but my granny or my grandma would always say that she wasn't very close with her mom that she couldn't talk to her about personal stuff like drama or things like that maybe like we would our parents today Mm -hmm. um and so she was like so I always tried to talk to my kids and you know make sure they know they can tell me things and things like that I feel like what is something like I don't know if this would be a very you know concise answer or not but have you thought about things that you would want to bring from the way your parents raised you or things that you'd want to change? Yeah, I definitely have. I think about that a lot. I think I had um, two very like two parents that came from that, that generation of growing up and not talking about feelings your parents were your parents. They weren't your best friend, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I grew up with two parents that were like that. Like, it was not the, you know, what we're kind of accustomed to seeing a lot, which is like, my mom's my best friend. She tells me everything. We tell each other everything, blah, blah, Like, my parents were very much like, our parents are parents. Like, they're the authoritative figures. We aren't, like, their best friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of had that relationship with my parents growing up until, like, really like recently, I'd say in like the last probably four years, maybe Mm -hmm. four or five years. And I definitely want my kids to have, you know, as much as they want, like a closer relationship with me, because the sooner I found out like my parents were human, the easier it made for me to connect with them and understand them. Because I spent so much of my life seeing my parents as 
parents, like seeing them as like almost these beings that can do no wrong, that are perfect, that have no flaws. They were just like these godly people. And to an extent, like that's good because you obviously want to respect authority and respect your parents. But I do think there would have been something to show for like me seeing them in a vulnerable emotional state with me to make me feel like mm-hmm. I'm not alone in what I'm going through or make it not feel like, you know, I'm super alienated with what's going on in my life. Like that parents go through these things too, because adults go through the same things that, you know, kids do to a certain degree, right? Like they're like, we're all human and we all have our own spectrum of emotions and feelings. And so like, I definitely, even if I learned it in a backwards sort of way, learned how important it is that your kids see you as as much of a human as they are because they'll then you know like it it breaks down that veil of like my parents can't see me you know imperfectly or my parents can't see me like fully authentically because I don't want to let them down I don't want to you know dis you know like be disapproved of them or like not meet their expectations like it's I would want my kids to understand that like in their imperfections, they're still just great as they are because mm-hmm. I'm imperfect and I'm not going to be a perfect person, let alone a perfect parent all the time. And so just being as like honest and, and vulnerable with my kids as I can is something I really want to do because I know how once I got to that point with like my dad and my mom, like our relationships completely like changed. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I wish I had more time with my mom to connect with her deeper on that. But like with my dad, we we're like, we're, he's genuinely one of my best friends now for like a while. He was just my dad, but it's great mm-hmm. to have him at that level. Cause it's like, we now see each other like eye to eye on certain things that I may have thought I was just looking up to him for, you know, it's like, there's, a level of respect that's always going to be there, but it's like, I feel like he understands me. And I feel like I understand him so much better now. Cause we see each other as like humans, both humans mm-hmm. going through things, not just like a dad that's got problems that the kid will never understand, you know? Yeah. So I think that's important, but I'll pass that question back to you. What do you, what's well, something well- that you want to keep going? Okay, I'm going to answer it, but real quick, addition to yours, you know, there's actually, that's actually called the Madonna complex. My dad would like tell me that all the time. Mm -hmm, The Madonna complex. My dad would tell me all the time, um, especially more recently when I've been in college and things, I feel like that has happened to me too, you know, kind of like breaking down that barrier. Um, But it's basically when you see your parent as this perfect figure that can do no wrong that you know never sins or anything like that you know you don't want to think of your parent in any sort of negative or dare i say dirty way um so especially with grandparents you a hundred percent have to have those grandparents because you don't ever want to think about you know your grandparent going out partying on a late night because they're old older and they you know just don't share those parts maybe but yeah that's called the madonna complex and i feel like as we grow up you really have to break that down in order to build a stronger relationship with your kid 
like that's what my dad has taught me like especially when my granny had passed away you know we had to go through her house and sort through everything that she had she had a lot of things that she collected over the years and that madonna complex went right away for me because some of the things that you know i had just learned about her by going through her house like down to you know letters that she had written to her friends or her friends had written her things like that like Mm -hmm. you know that really broke the madonna complex down for me and made me realize that you know as much as life that she lived before i was in her life like she was just you know a human and living and doing whatever she's you know doing just the way that i am mm-hmm. but yeah. the question sorry wait the question i asked you was about oh parenting what you want to bring forward okay i feel like for me um you know, I had realized a lot with my parents raising me that no matter what, you're not going to be a perfect parent. You're always going to do something that is going to affect your child in a way that sticks with them for the rest of their life, whether that be good or bad, you know, and you may not do it intentionally because you are, you know, just as your child is learning about life, you're learning to be a parent along with them, especially with the first child. You know, you've never done this before, most likely in most situations, like, you know, even if you have raised somebody else's kid or something, it's still very different having your own kid and having to raise them. And I feel like that's one thing that I want to take with me moving forward. You know, once I have a family, I have to realize that, you know, sometimes as hard as I can try, I may may make a mistake that will really affect my child or really hurt their feelings or they'll be really upset with me for some reason but I have to understand and not be as hard on myself because even though you know I could apologize whatever the situation is you know this ain't even happened yet like it could be anything (laughs) but um I had to realize that as a parent you know I'm I'm not gonna be perfect you know my parents try as hard as they can to be better than their parents before in whatever ways they see fit but you know still they have you know made mistakes that I would think like I would want to change you know and that's just because we're different people and I feel like I should expect my child to feel that same way that you know maybe I did something um that was um a parenting decision that they may not have agreed with or something like that but that is just the way it's going to be you know raising a kid you're raising a human being and you're raising an individual that has their own thoughts feelings and opinions about things so I feel like that's the main thing I want to take forward because as much as you know my parents have done an excellent job in trying to make sure that they Um, are always open for me to talk to about anything Um, that's something I want to bring into my parenting I know that you know it's not gonna be so simple all the time Mm -hmm. and I feel like parents have to you know step back and give themselves like a break emotionally from feeling like they need to be perfect all the time because 
you're not, you know, no parent is going to be perfect to their child. Uh, well, maybe, maybe that's a stretch. Maybe some <laughs> children think their parents are perfect, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, like as a parent, you're going to make mistakes because you're just learning, you know, as, as much as your child grows up, you're growing up still too. hundred percent. That's the truth. And I think the, the key, not that I know the key to parenting, I haven't even tried it, but <laughs> what, what I would imagine the key would be is like you said, like owning the fact that it's a learning experience for you, just like it is for the kid. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in a, in a, any relationship or friendship you're in. Like it's, it's a learning experience for both parties involved because nine times out of 10, you've never been friends with this person before. You've never dated this person before. If you're in a relationship, maybe you've never been in a relationship before. Like there's always going to be something you're learning about, like as you grow and as you progress in any connection you have with anybody. And that's no different with your kids. It's, it's obviously to a higher degree, but in its core, it's the same thing. It's like, you're learning the kid at the end of the day wants to probably, you know, have a good relationship with their parent and have someone that they feel that they're protected by and that they really know and truly like understand. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, parents always want to know what's going on in their kid's head and want to understand their kids and feel like they can support their kids. So like, I think both parties want the same thing and are coming from the same genuine places. It's just a matter of like leaning into that and not expecting perfection from yourself or from your kid. You know, you mm-hmm. just got to like roll with the punches. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, I think the key, if I had to say, <laughs> not mm-hmm. that I know, but that's where, that's what I think it would be. From, from a, from a child's perspective. Hey, there you go. Because, you know, the child's opinion is just as much valid as the parent. Man, amen to that. Mm-hmm. Well, Raina, thank you. Thank you a million times for coming on the podcast. I'm so I'm so glad we did it. I know it's it's long overdue. I just did an episode with um, Mason, and I told him the same thing at the end of the episode. I was like, "This is long overdue," mm-hmm. and I know I'm gonna hear about it. But I I I I, I know this has been in the making and I'm glad we finally got to sit down and do it. And we'll have to do another one, of course, because you know, duh. we have so much to talk about. So much to talk about. We could talk all day about like a, a handful of things. Yeah. Because the way that the way that me and Aiden's conversations usually go is they definitely start off on one topic and we just keep going down this little train together. And mm-hmm. so we get to something entirely different from what we just were talking about in the beginning Mm -hmm. and it's all it's all great conversation because we're just so so both intelligent and just witty and funny and just great exactly a (laughs) hundred percent no it it, you get it there's not there's nothing else left to say like you just broke it down perfectly Um, (laughs) so like we didn't even get to touch on the topics that aiden was even thinking in his mind I know. But I feel Which like means- this was a great conversation, and I'm really glad that I'm glad to be a guest. I love the podcast. Is this part? Is this season three? Is this season two still? Season three? There's no season. We just we in it. 
Okay, I didn't know if you had a season because I was. That's okay, to, girl. We just. I was about it. to say something like, "Because season three is always the best." <laughs> <laughs> because I'm on it. <laughs> but really, like season threes of shows, if you like realize like the shows that you've watched, like think about it. Like season three is always like where they got it in the bag. That's valid. Yeah, like season three, Pretty Little Liars. Wake that up. No, I. You know what's crazy? Season three, PLL. PLL. Season three, Gossip Girl. It's it's just so true. All the characters go through like a crazy glow up. Mm-hmm. The budget jumps. The budget jumps. It's like the season one's like the test. Season two is like the okay, you can go again. We'll see how you do this time. Season three is like all right, here Facts. take it. Facts. <laughs> Facts. But. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just so thankful to be a part of this and to share this conversation with you because a lot of these things that we talked about today are things me and Aiden have never even talked about. Um, so yeah. thank you for, I want to say thank you for listening if you listened because, yeah. you know, I feel like this conversation could get a lot of wheels turning in people's heads. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But I echo that. Thank you all for listening. Um, I wish you, Raina, and I wish you, the listeners, nothing but season three energy for the rest of your lives. Yes. That's the best spot to be in. Um, Thanks again. And I'll catch you on the next episode. All right. Bye. I'm keeping all that, by the way. The season three part. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs)